So last week I started a new series entitled Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. Everybody say Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. And so we're, of course, in the Christmas season. And what better time it is to discuss giving. The giving of Jesus caused a perpetual cycle of eternal life to those who receive him. That's why he is the gift that keeps on giving. But if you're taking notes today, our lesson title is Adjust Your Motivation. Once we learn to give with revelation, we must now balance our giving by adjusting our motivation. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to do something, I want maximum results from it. I'm going to show you today how to fix your heart. Because, see, your heart determines your heart. That's important because most of us give from our soul and not our spirit. And that's why it's difficult. But, see, he said, my soul is succeeding. Well, how did he obey? He obeyed because he didn't let his soul dictate his obedience. He allowed his spirit to make the difference. My heart affects my harvest. Everybody say, my heart affects my harvest see some of you all are wondering why am I giving but I'm not seeing why am I giving and I'm not having maybe it's because your heart is bad okay let me ask you a question where do your thoughts take place some people say I don't know you tell us you preach it your thoughts are where you process how you feel. Your thoughts are where you process what you see. Your thoughts are what you process what you experience. But your heart is where you decide to believe what you process. Everybody say amen to that. Grab your Bibles or whatever you use to access the Word. Stay seated right where you are. If you're at home, I want you to follow me. Hold up your Bibles real high and say, this is God's Word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to replace us from eternal damnation. And we take this time to celebrate his life in this season. I pray today that what is said, what is spoken, and what is heard will not only be acceptable to you, but I ask that you open up every mind and every heart to hear something different, to sense something different, and to know something different that when we leave today, we will leave with an assurance that our lives can be better after having heard the word of faith 
In Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you today. We're in a a teaching series entitled Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. Everybody say Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. And so today we're on lesson number three and next week we're going to finalize our series with lesson number four. And if you're taking notes and if you don't have any and you're physically here in the house, if you'll raise your hand, our ushers will give you a copy of the notes. And if you're watching us and streaming uh, digitally, then there should be a link on your screen that you can click to as well and access the notes. And so if you're taking notes today, the message title is Expect Manifestation. Expect Manifestation. Because here's the thing, church. Once you and I get a revelation of giving, and then we properly adjust our hearts concerning giving, then you and I should actively expect manifestation from our giving. In other words, what I'm saying to you, and some of us need to adjust our thoughts and our attitudes toward giving because we were misled, we were either misfed, or we were just misguided altogether growing up. And that's why giving is negative to a lot of people. And so some people's attitude towards giving is you shouldn't expect anything from God. You should just serve him because you love him. The issue I have with that is the only way that we get saved is to believe what God's word says. Well, if he says when I accept Jesus, I won't go to hell. I'm expecting him to keep me out of that place. So if I, I don't care, God, you just do what you want to do. No, he told me. That he will keep me out of hell when Jesus becomes my Lord. So here's the thing. The goal of the message is to convince you scripturally and then stir your faith up spiritually for you to believe. Watch this. That expectation causes manifestation. Everybody say expectation causes manifestation. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove to you that expectation causes manifestation. And I'm going to prove it by first reading a testimony from a, from a, a member who uh, exercised this principle of expectation that I'm going to teach you on this morning. So here's the testimony. It says, Pastor Evan, here's my testimony as promised. My boss and I made an agreement in 2021 that my annual salary would be $40,000 a year. In addition, I would make 50% of the total earnings from one of our side contracts and then an additional 30% of all total earnings from another side contract. Well, during all of 2022, I found myself in a different financial situation because that required, it required my salary income to be solidified with a set number due to the fluctuation of the contracts. And so I was growing frustrated. This is what they said. I was growing frustrated, worried, and overwhelmed by trying to secure the outside contracts so that a certain amount of money would meet my financial needs. Are you all following me so far? So basically what they're saying is they had this $40,000 annual income, and then they had two opportunities from contracts on the side to bring in money. The problem was these contracts were fluctuating, and she wasn't getting a, a consistent income. And so it says here, At one of our services, you shared a testimony about one of our members who got a raise and how this particular member would do a confession every morning until they received it. 
And I'll never forget, it was either that service or the following service where I felt inspired and I said, if you want to raise, stand up. And I started declaring raises on people and declaring promotions on people. And guess what? Y'all been getting them, praise the Lord. So it says, in addition, you preached about how our confessions uh, should match our prayers and how the condition of our hearts need to be aligned with the word of God. There have been many tools that you have shared since that service until now that I decided to apply to my daily life. From that day on, I would pray, confess, and thank God for my raise and for his favor over my life. I also sowed a seed into your life. This was doing value to visionary and confessed that God will extend the same abundance on my life that he has on yours. I wanted my salary to go from 40000 to 60000 And I just knew only God could make that happen. My main request, listen to this now, because this is where expectation comes from. My main request from God was that I wanted my boss to initiate the conversation. I wanted God to touch his heart and create the opportunity for us to have the conversation I needed to have with him. This is in all caps. Pastor Evan, can you believe that on November the 30th, my boss asked me, how did I feel about my income this year? And he asked me to go over my 2022 numbers with him. After we were through going over the numbers, he raised my salary to $60,000. Look, if you just want a raise, just clap. If If you just want one. Not only that, I still get my end of the year bonus of $3,000. If you want a bonus, just go on and do it. And then also, I got to keep my percentage earnings from the side contracts. Not only did God make it happen, he gave more than what I was asking for. I am blessed, I am favored, I am grateful, and above all things, I am humbled by how much God loves me. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap for that? Yes. So, let's jump into the lesson because we're talking about giving. We're talking about Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. But we're talking about the giving of your time, your treasure, uh, your treasure, your talents. In any capacity. And so when it comes to giving, here's point number one. Expectation is necessary for manifestation. Everybody say expectation is necessary for manifestation. So listen, when God gave Jesus to us, he did so knowing that the seed of sowing his only begotten son, watch this, would reproduce other sons. In other words, when God sold Jesus to us, he had an expectation of manifestation from his giving. Now, Jesus, let's look at his life because coupled with love, because we know Jesus loved us. His expectation was also one that motivated him to give his life. And so what I'm about to do is read a verse of scripture. And what we're going to see in this verse of scripture is what I call a principle of expectation. So listen, as you all read the Bible on your own, I want you to focus on two things as you read. One of the things I want you to focus on are the principles that you run across. Because there are principles in God's word that are remaining constant. It's like the law or the principle of gravity. It's always going to work. And so there are principles in God's word. And once you identify the principle, now you can live a different or consistent life. But then I don't just want you to see the principle. 
I want you to discover the promise. Why? Because a lot of times the promise is what motivates us to do the principle. Say amen to that. So we're going to read John chapter 1. Starting in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Well, we know that because in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, Let there be light. So we know the Word was from the beginning. And it says, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Him who? The Word, God. And without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, or bear witness of the Word, that all men through Him might believe. Verse 8, He was not that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lights every man. Verse 10. He, the word, the light, he was in the world and the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. Here's verse 11. He came to his own and his own received him not. Now now here is the expectation principle right here. But as many as received him, received him who? Received the word, received Jesus. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. Who gave the power? Jesus gave the power to them that believe, watch this, to become sons of God. What's my point? Jesus knew that when he gave his life, it would reproduce other sons of God to those who believe. Jesus did not just give to give, even though he gave with love, he gave with an expectation that anybody who believes in me, they become sons of God like me. Wow. So Jesus knew that when he gave his life, it would reproduce other sons of God. And because he is the gift that keeps on giving, listen to this church, people are still becoming sons of God today. So here's the question that I'm going to try to answer Before the end of the lesson. Is expectation necessary for manifestation? See, the problem with a lot of believers, our expectation levels are very low. So here's point number two if you're taking notes. All creation was designed for expectation. Everybody say, all creation was designed for expectation. In other words, God designed everything he created to have expectation. When women get pregnant, what do you expect? You expect to have a baby, right? When animals wake up in the morning, they expect to eat. They don't have a refrigerator. They don't have like a a cabinet or some place to store it. Now squirrels make, you know, store them in the ground or whatever. But for the most part, when animals get up in the morning, they are expecting the creator who created them to provide for them. Amen. You know, here's a thought. Everybody say, hmm. Now, this ain't got nothing to do with the Bible, but have you ever seen a small, like, baby squirrel? They all the same size. Y'all notice that? I have never seen a baby squirrel. I'm like, do they just come out the same size? Anyway, let me stay focused. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at now. My point is this. All creation was designed for expectation. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. It says, for the earnest expectation. Everybody say expectation. For the earnest expectation of the creature or the creation. What are they doing? They are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Even God's creation is waiting or expecting to see God's sons and daughters. 
The amplified version of Romans 8, 19 says, but even the whole creation, all of nature, they are awaiting and they are expectantly and long and earnestly. They are looking, watch this, for God's sons to be made known. Listen to the message translation. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. My point to you is this. Even God's creation has expectation. Say amen to that. God designed everything he created to have expectation. So when it comes to the principle of giving, whether it's your time, whether it's your talent, whether it's your treasure, God wants us to listen, church, give with expectation so that we can experience manifestation. I'm going to say that again. God wants us to give with expectation so that we can experience manifestation. You say, well, that sounds like you just giving to get. Well, God gave Jesus his son, but he did it with an expectation of getting some more sons. So if he can do it, we can do it. Say amen to that. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the question. Why is expectation so important? Why? And this is worth the whole sermon right here. Because expectation causes action and action is necessary for faith to work. I'm going to say that again. Expectation is so important because expectation causes action. And action is necessary for faith to work. James 2.26 tells us faith without works is dead. So you cannot have faith without having some action. And what I'm trying to get you to see here is expectation is necessary because it causes, watch this, action to take place. And once action is in, in place, faith is going to work. So let me give you an analogy. This is what I would call a modern day parable for those who are watching. So when a farmer plants a seed into the ground, the proof of his expectation that the seed that he purchased will produce something It starts before he plants the seed because he would have not purchased the seed had he not had expectation that it would do something for him. Did y'all get that? Okay, I'm going to do it again because I need you to get this. When a farmer plants some seed into the ground, the proof of his expectation that that seed is going to do something for him starts before he plants the seed. Because he would not have purchased the seed if he didn't expect that seed to do something for him. Say amen to that. In other words, the expectation from the farmer did not start when he planted it. The expectation of the farmer started when he bought it. So watch this now. This right here, and I think most people, this is where they miss it. This is a good example right here of what believing and faith shows it's different because the average person thinks that believing and having faith are the same. They're not. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. So I'm about to use this parable of the farmer to show you the difference between faith and believing because lots of Christians believe, but lots of them don't have faith. Because you can believe church and not have faith, but you can't have faith without believing. The Bible says even the demons believe and tremble, but they don't have faith because if they did, they wouldn't be serving Satan. They would be serving Jesus. And so this is a good example of what makes believing and faith different. 
So this farmer purchasing the seed, watch this, shows that he believes that the seed will increase him. He believes that the seed will reproduce for him. He believes the seed will bless him. However, if he never plants the seed, which represents works, it doesn't matter what he believes about the seed. He will never benefit from the seed until he plants the seed. So believing alone, purchasing the seed, is not enough to get a harvest from the seed because he's got to do some works called planting in order for him to show faith for manifestation from the seed. And this is why a lot of Christians live average lives. I don't know about you, but you know, when I was in the world, I was all in. I was all in. If I got drunk, I got, if I was drinking, I got drunk. Forget that. I wasn't sipping. No, 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 no. I was drinking to get drunk. Look, if I play sports, I am playing to win. I mean, if you're going to be a pimp, be a good one. Right? <laughs> There's some holes. No, no, anyway. <laughs> Y'all going to be all right. Man, I, I, was, I was all in. And so, as a believer, I want to be all in. And see, this is why the world doesn't respect a lot of us. Because, see, we forget. God looks on the inside, but the world looks on the outside. The scripture says, man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. So my question to you is, what do you have outside of your life that piques enough interest for a non-believer to come to you so you can explain to them what's on the inside of your life? Because, see, it takes sometimes something outside of your life for them to see that something's going on with them for you to tell them what's on the inside of your life. So yesterday, 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 now, uh, oh, I don't have time. Uh, okay, y'all want to hear it? So, so yesterday, you know, I'm a frequent flyer of Papa Do's. That's where I eat, me and Landon, right? That's about his best cooking I can give him. So I order the food, I pull up, and normally when you order, you have to get to your spot and you text what parking spot you're in because they're numbered and then they bring your food out so i pull up and as soon as i pull up in the parking space the lady walks up with my food i hadn't even put what parking space i was in i said this is interesting she comes to the window i said uh she says uh good morning or good afternoon or whatever i was like yeah i said you sure this is my food i haven't even put what parking space i'm in she says are you mr even i said it's evan yes i am they never get it right. I was like, yes. She says, yeah, oh, this is your food. So now I'm impressed. She had to watch for me coming out. I'm talking about, it was so fast I didn't have time to text the parking spot number. She was right at my door. I'm thinking, okay, so they recognize my car. I know that's the case. So she gives me my food. I tip her. And then another young man walks up after her. She leaves and he says, excuse me, young person. He said, uh, can I ask you a question? I knew what was coming. He said, I said, sure, what is it? He says, what do you do? Ah! Because, see, you got to have enough going on on the outside because that's all the world can see until you can tell them what's going on on the inside. 
I said, well, what do you think I do? He said, I don't know. I said, well, take a guess. He says, well, I'm really not sure. He says, but what I do know is that you own something big. I said, well, you would never guess what I am. I said, but I'm a pastor. He says, really? I said, yeah. He says, I'm a Christian. So he shook my hand. He says, can you give me a verse for the day? I haven't read my Bible yet. And so I said, this, it's the same scripture that I gave Landon earlier. Because I have my cars washed. Someone comes to my house and wash my cars. Actually, they're a member of the church too. So shout out to Q. Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Q was at, he was at our house that day washing the cars. And Landon hears him outside and says, Dad, who is that? I said, that's the car wash guys. Landon knows that I purchased Gatorade just to give to the guys when they come. That's called serving. That's called caring. And so Landon says, well, Dad, I'm going to go out there and give the guys, you know, Gatorade. And I was thinking, yes. I didn't ask him. He's got it. Serving. So he goes out there and gives it to him. I said, did they say thank you to you, son? He says, yes, they did. I said, well, son, what did you do? He says, well, I gave him Gatorade. I said, well, yeah, you gave him Gatorade, but you, what you really did was you served them. I say, so here's the thing, Landon. And I pulled out Colossians 3. I said, Landon, when you serve people, when you give to people, I'm talking to you, church, when you give to them, I said, you can't give to them based on if they tell you thank you or not. Because some people are not going to be thankful for what you do for them. And so I read him Colossians 3, which says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that from the Lord, that's what you're going to get your reward from. That's the verse I told that young man. He's serving. And so here's my point with you all. Giving, because giving is serving. Whether you're giving your time, you're telling your treasure. It says when you give, it says he, he, Jesus gives you a reward. Everybody say expectation. Expectation. So how can, so here's the question. Well, let me just say this about Christians. Because most of us have average lives because some of us think, watch this, that believing alone is enough for us. We think believing alone, knowledge alone, is what helps us, watch this, to get results in life. No. There's only one area in the Bible that all you have to do is believe, and that's salvation. You know why you don't have to do nothing for salvation? Remember, faith without, is what? The reason why you don't have to work for salvation and all you have to do is believe is because Jesus did the work. He went on the cross. He died. So we don't have to do that part. All we have to do is believe. And But the average Christian thinks that just knowing is enough. And it's not. Say amen to that. So farmers, when they're working, when they're waiting, when they're watching, when they're watering, that shows their expectations. So here's the question. How can a farmer justifiably expect the seed he planted to do something when really he's not in control of the elements? How can he, listen, justifiably expect something from the seed if he doesn't have complete control? Well, one of the main reasons he can justifiably expect a harvest is because an eternal principle and promise has been spoken by God. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. See, this is why I say you got to really grab the principles of the word. 
See, this is what I say about people who are like unsaved. I was dealing with a person who owns like a, 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 a pretty sizable business, right? And I'm talking to them and, and, and they don't believe in God. And so they talking to me and I'm like, well, I said, here's the difference between me and you. I said, first of all, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I said, but let me tell you the other part that's different between me and you. I said, here's the thing. I said, you can only make money when you're working. Okay. And so you got to sleep. You got to eat. So you can't make money unless you're physically working with the works of your hands. Now, I believe in investing. So let's say you're working and investing. I said, the problem with your investing is your investing is controlled by the world system. So if the interest rates are up, you might make some money. If the interest rates are down, you might not make no money. I said, so even your success is built on the world system. I said, but my success is built on kingdom principles. I said, while I'm in the bed sleep, my seed is making room for me. God's putting on somebody's heart to use their, their ability, their power, their influences, and their resources to help me. I said, that's why you gave me a discount. Because favors on my life. Jesus. Ooh-wee. The reason a farmer can be a, a believe. Whether he's a Christian or not, the reason he can believe that when he puts that seed in the ground, something's going to happen because there was an eternal promise connected to this. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 says, for as long as the earth lasts, this is the message translation, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. So a farmer can expect the harvest from his seed because God said it. And so you and I, we can expect a harvest from our giving because God said it. And when God says something, he can't lie. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken it and shall he not make it good? Let me tell you something. When God makes you a promise, he has the power to make it good. I don't care when he made the promise to you. It could have been two days ago, two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago. It doesn't matter. His promise is going to stand. So farmers are able to do that because I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. God is, no, yeah. God is not, no, no, no. I'm going to read Genesis 8.22 differently. It says, while the earth remains... Seed time and harvest. I'm going to stop right there. And just fast forward. It says, shall not cease. So that means the principle of seed time and harvest will always take place until the earth is gone. Say amen. Amen. The New Living Translation, we're closing right here. Um, uh, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God is not a man, the NIV version says, that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does does he promise and not fulfill? So, here's a question as we close. Why don't we see manifestation from our giving like we should? Well, some of it goes back to last week. You got to get your heart straight. Right? But here's one of the reasons. Here's point number three. It's because we must adjust our expectation to see manifestation. 
So listen to Psalm 62. Let me let you hear David's expectation. He says, my soul is waiting only. I like that word only on God. Cause see, some of y'all are waiting only on man. He said, look to the hills from whence comes your help. Your help comes from the... Uh, he didn't say, look to the hills for your husband. He said, look for the hills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My soul waits only upon the God. My expectation, my hope, the thing that I long for is from him. Listen to Job 6, 8. Oh, that I may have my request. That's expectation. And that God would grant me, watch this, the thing that I long for. The word long for is the word expect. Here's different. Here's what's different about that. That word expect that we've been reading, it comes from a root word, which means rope or a line, like a line or a string. And I thought, what does that mean? Let me put it together. So let me just give you, we're going to read Joshua 2, and this is our last scripture. So in Joshua 2, this is when the spies had found Rahab, and she helped them out. And so they told her, you know, hey, you need to put this rope or this scarlet, this line uh, in your window. All right. And so that's what this story is all about. And so it says, behold, we came, we come into the land. He says, you shall bind this line of scarlet. The word line, there is the word expectation. He says, I want you to bind this line of thread in the window, which you did let us down by. And you shall bring your father and your mother and your brother and all your father's household to that. And it shall be that whoever shall go, go out of the doors of the house and go into the streets, their blood is not going to be on our hand, on our hands. It's going to be on theirs. And whosoever shall be with, with you in the house, their blood is going to be on our hand. In other words, he was saying, if you put the rope outside the window, that'll be a reminder for us to do and prom- what we promise to you. In other words, we will save you and your family if you'll just put the rope outside the window. Watch this church to help us remember what we what promise we made to you. And I'm saying to you, church, if God can use a, 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 a harlot, if he can remember a harlot that he didn't even have a covenant with. Uh, you know, we don't use the word harlot. We use the word prostitute these days. But even that now, you know, in, in the urban community, it's changed. It ain't prostitute, it's hoe. But either way, whether it's a prostitute, a harlot, or a hoe, either way, God remembered her. Watch this, because she remembered to put the rope out. My question to you is, are you using your faith to remember the rope of the word so that you can hang on to when God says something to you, you can hang on. So I have an illustration. How many, anybody got some dollars? Now you can't do this if you was in the first service, you cannot participate. But anybody got some one dollar bills, you know, even if it's one or five, anybody, uh, fine. Oh, okay, good. All right. What you got? You got one. Okay. All right. So listen, that's all you got? No, I got more. What you got? I want to see how many ones you got. That's what I want to know. How many ones you got? You got two? Pull them all out. Pull them all out. You just got two. Okay. All right. So what if I said to you, watch this now, I will give you $20 to each person you find to give each one to. Okay, all right. So, so here's my question. Who made the promise? 
I did. What did I promise? That if she'll find somebody and give them a one dollar bill for every one dollar, I'm going to give her 20. Let me ask you a question. Who would do that deal? Okay, so this is what God's word has promised. If we will remember the rope, the promise, us remembering it is not making God do something. Us remembering it keeps us in faith forward. So go ahead, find some people. Give, give, give somebody the, the dollar bill, whoever you want to give it to. Okay, so how much I owe her now? 20, oh, she done gave them both away. All right, so how much I owe her? $40 bill. Okay, $40. Okay, so here you go. All right, all right, all right. There you go, right there. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you. Let's see. Her expectation came from what I told her. She was motivated by the promise that I made her. But see, where I'm trying to get y'all church is to move from just being promise-driven to being principle-driven. Because principles don't change. Principle says, if I feel like it or not, I'm going to do it. If I feel like it or not, I'm going to give. If they say thank you or not, I'm going to give. If they reward me or not, I'm still going to give. You know why? Because the principle always stands. And see, if she was principle-minded, I would have borrowed some extra ones from some of y'all so she could have kept giving them out to get some 20s back, see? See, that's that principle. So how do we apply today's message? Here it is. Here's how we've applied. Here's how we applied. You got to saturate your heart with the promises on giving. You got to do it. So for Christmas... There were three guys washing my car. I gave them all $60 as a tip. I gave them more in tip than what the car wash was worth. Why did I do that? I have an expectation that God's going to do for me more times what I've done for them. So you got to saturate your heart with the promise. Here's number two. You got to create a short confession. This goes back to the testimony. That keeps your heart and your mouth in the, in the posture of expectation. Mmm. Mmm. Some of y'all need to wash your mouth out with soap. Because your spiritual breath stinks. Some of y'all need some spiritual listerine of the word to clean your mouth out. Because what you say is what you get. And what you full of comes out of you. Jesus, for out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Here's number three. You must maintain an open heart for God to use you to be a blessing. And that's why I'm trying to get all of us. To get to a point where when God says it, you can do it. Did you get something out of the word today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. So with every head bowed, thank you for being patient. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're watching me digitally, I'm talking to you as well. Bow your heads right there where you are unless you drive it. Here's the question I have. If you die today, are you sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not sure...